0: Montana, welcome in. Happy Monday. Hope you had a phenomenal weekend. It's Nuanas now. ESPN Radio. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. No matter what way you're tuning in, appreciate you being here. Hope you had a great couple days. It's going to get nice here soon. It was actually pretty nice yesterday, but a long weekend on the upcoming. Ton to get to today. First time in a while that myself and Andrew Houghton have been on the show in the studio together because uh, I took, well, I guess, first of all, I was remote up at Grey Wolf Peak Casino, the last show of April. And then we didn't have a show the first 10 days of May because I was gone for the whole first week of May. And then I was out an extra day. He was out all last week. And then he was back on Friday. But we were uh, down at uh, Desperado Sports Tavern and Grill on behalf of Sports Pet Montana. So that's all to say. Now, myself and Andrew are both in the studio. It is the Northwest Motorsports Studio. We're going to talk all the way around the world of Montana sports with the Montana Sports Hour, a heavy emphasis on college basketball, but also some chat on football and track and field. Also have some NBA talk coming up. We also have some collegiate track and field coming up. So it's a big time of year for track and field. I love track and field. Uh, we're trying to our best to make it into a conversation because I, I know that i mean part of the reason why football and basketball are the things that dominate sports talk radio on the national level is one the money to the drama three the speculation that you can put into a conversation you can talk about the nba until you're blue in the face 365 days a year who's going where who's better than who who's worse than who it's all opinion you can talk about it forever The reason I love track and field is it's the opposite of that. It is absolutely tangible. It is the greatest test of specific, non-negotiable athleticism that there is. If you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. There's really no other factors to it. So I know it's kind of hard to have a discussion about. And sometimes when we're sitting here just rattling off marks, that can get a little tedious. But it is a great time of year. And there's a lot of great storylines in track and field in the state of Montana right now, both at the high school level and at the college level. So we'll tell you about some of the high school ones here right off the top, and then we'll tell you about some of the college ones in the second hour as well. So there you go. That's your show outlook presented by Brent Wahlberg and the Wahlberg team, your official realtors of Grizz Athletics and real estate experts in Western Montana. You want to stream the show, listen to the show, you always can on the ESPN Montana app. Go get that in your life. It's going to be a great place for you to watch and or listen to this show live and or archived. You can also always use our uh, online stream, 1029ESPN.com. Click on Listen Live. That's where you'll find that stream. And you can always hit up the YouTube as well. You want to be a part of the show, 406-888-1029. That's 888-1029. Call us, text us. What do you want to know about the world of big sky sports? What do you think of the transfer portal? We're going to talk all the way around the transfer portal because huge news, bombshell news, I, I dare to say, in the big sky comments on the women's basketball side. And it's been sort of crazy because I know that people have a, a distinct affinity for, for women's basketball, girls' basketball uh, at the high school and college levels here in the state of Montana. I think that the reverence for for female sports in Montana is one of my favorite parts about covering sports in Montana because there really is no back seat. I mean, and, and the Lady Grizz have been the trailblazers in that element. They made women's sports the show in the city of Missoula and the state of Montana for years and years and years, and that has made all women's sports really push forward uh, in Montana. But all that said, I think there's been a ton of commentary and a ton of drama associated with the phenomenon of the NCAA transfer portal on the men's side in the Big Sky Conference I uh, don't know how much has been said about the women's side, besides outside of this show right here. But big news for the Lady Gris. So we will start off uh, with that. But if you have any thoughts, questions, comments, concerns, whatever about the NCAA transfer portal, or about our upcoming discussion on the NFL and the Big Sky Conference and sort of the the overlay there, or you want to know something about high school or college track and field, whatever—eight one zero two nine. Call and or text us here at ESPN Radio. We're at, we are coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, largest inventory of trucks anywhere in the Pacific Northwest. You can find Northwest Motorsports' huge inventory either here in the Garden City in Missoula, corner of Stevens and Mount, or online, nwmsrocks.com. Before we dive into the Montana Sports Hour, which will be basketball-heavy, a couple notes for you. First of all, I love one of my favorite interview series we do around here because it has so much diversity to it is our Senior Spotlight Series. And we started this a couple summers ago, and it just featured five of the best girl and five of the best boy athletes in the state of Montana. This year, we're not going to put a cap on it. I'm just going to highlight as many outgoing seniors from around the great state of Montana, both boys and girls, as we we can. There's not going to be a definitive number, but I'm thinking we're going to have at least two per week we got it kicked off. The series kicked off last week with interviews with Jake Randina, who's a phenomenal senior at Kalispell Glacier, one of the best running backs and one of the best power lifters in the state of Montana. Jake, the first Montana product that is headed to the Army, to West Point, to play football. We've had one other Montana go to West Point to play basketball. That was Abe Johnson from right here in Missoula, Missoula Hellgate. So he's out there now, I think his junior, maybe senior year there at West Point. But. Uh, pretty cool. It takes a distinctly unique type of kid to be able to pursue Division I athletics at one of the uh, military academies. Then we also heard from Rhett Reynolds, who's a phenomenal basketball and track star from Shelby, Montana, up there on the Montana High Line, who is coming to the University of Montana for basketball. So uh, I'm not going to tease who we have coming up later on this week just because I have not actually got a hold of any of the people I've reached out to yet. But stay tuned for that. That's going to be coming at you throughout the next couple of uh, months, and one of our favorite uh, series to to highlight. Also, the state track and field uh, championship meets are this weekend. Double A and A combined is going to be in Butte, BC is in Great Falls. And we also have state softball this weekend, including the Double A tournament right here in Missoula. So we'll have some updates for you as the spring sports season winds down. Upcoming in June, couple of different events that we will be. Uh, participating in and uh, one in which we'll, we'll be helping spearhead the EB cranny awards, the uh, awards for all broadcasters, radio and television throughout the treasure state. That will be June 11th and 12th up in big sky. So we won't have a show on June 11th because we will be uh, hopefully celebrating a couple of awards here at ESPN radio. We also have a couple other people here at Missoula broadcasting company that have been nominated. So that's very fun and very cool. And uh, then, Mon- then the Montana Football Hall of Fame, June 24th and 25th in Billings, Montana. We won't have a show the 24th because we have a big golf tournament that day. But then we'll have tons of content coming out of that weekend uh, that following week as well. So uh, there you go. There's your bulletin board uh, for the upcoming few weeks. Dive into the Montana basketball. First, got to start with some Big Sky Conference news. The news of the week last week, which is actually funny, Uh News now is, is communicated so quickly, absorbed so quickly, and oftentimes forgotten about so quickly. So this seems like old news, even though it only happened about a week ago. But Randy Ray, the longest tenured coach in Big Sky Conference men's basketball, the all-time leader in wins in Big Sky Conference men's basketball, a four-time Big Sky Conference Coach of the Year at Weber State, and a five-time Big Sky regular season champion during his time guiding the Wildcats. He resigned. He retired. Last week, the age of 61. So I just wanted to get Andrew's thoughts on that because, uh, Andrew, first of all, there's a great rivalry between Montana. Well, and Montana State has a, a burgeoning rivalry with Weaver State. Weaver State dominated Montana State for so long under Coach Ray, but uh, these last couple years, it's been very good since Danny Springle's been at the helm for Montana State. Uh, but Montana Weaver State has been a real rivalry here in the state of Montana and throughout the Big Sky Conference for the duration of Coach Ray's career, and I think that he would probably tell you, he'd be the one of the first ones to tell you, probably the biggest thorn in his side was the Grizzlies. I mean, the greatest player of the 21st century in the Big Sky Conference, Damian Lillard, did not go to the NCAA tournament because of who? The Grizz. So uh, it was always funny because Coach Ray's uh, a tremendously classy guy. He's come on this show two to three times a year, if not more, uh, over over my five years doing ESPN radio here in Missoula. And uh, I always felt bad because I would say probably 80% of the time that I saw Coach Ray in person over the last eight years, it's one thing when you're just talking to him on the phone leading up to a regular season game, but usually when I was talking to him in person, it would be either in Missoula or Bozeman, and if it was in Missoula, it was almost always after a loss, or it was in the Big Sky Tournament, And more often than not, after a loss. And more often than not, after a loss to Montana. I mean, these two teams played each other, I think, in nine of the last 12 Big Sky tournaments. And I believe Montana won eight out of nine of those. So, this is big news around the league. But also, uh, news for people that are Grizz followers, especially. Because I think that people around the Big Sky, and especially people around Grizz Nation, took great pride and uh, maybe even a little glee in beating Randy Ray
1: but Coach Ray, uh, a phenomenal career. What did you think, though, when you heard this news? Was this surprising to you? It was, Uh partially because he uh, retired instead of moving on to another job, although I think that for as long as he'd been at Weber State, that was probably the way that it was going to end. It was a little bit of a bombshell for me. Because like you said, I mean, for as long as I've been around here, Randy Ray has been the coach at Weber State, and they've been one of the pillars of the Big Sky Conference. So it was just interesting um, to see that, of course, congratulations to him on a great career and now getting to enjoy retirement. What I think this sets up that is interesting is now we've seen a couple of the uh, the more storied or recently successful programs in the Big Sky Conference. You have the longtime coach either retiring or moving on, and they just went and uh, they wanted to keep the continuity going, so they brought in the assistant, the lead assistant, with uh, – Steve Smiley at Northern Colorado, and now Eric Duff taking over Weber State. It was it was not surprising to me that Coach Ray's
0: not back at the as the head coach at Weber State. It was surprising to me the timing of this, though, because for a guy who's been in a place for 16 years and and, and by and large has you know great relations with the university within the league, well respected coach, all that, you would think that he would want to leave a little earlier to set something up. But maybe it was the case of this was decided a long time ago, and they kind of just knew that they were going to promote from within. The other things that I thought of immediately, though, when it came to this news about Randy Ray uh, retiring at Weber State, it's new on it now, by the way, ESPN Radio, was two, twofold. One, I think Randy Ray was unquestionably the, the best coach in the Big Sky Conference for the first, his first 10 years at Weber State. They won the Big Sky Conference regular season title five times during that 10-year span. They went to the NCAA tournament three times. I believe they played in three other championship games, which they lost all three of those to Montana. But, I mean, you're playing in the championship games six out of ten years. That's a great run. Coach Ray, though, he also signed an eight-year extension after their last NCAA tournament berth. That sort of lines up with this right now. I think he was going into a contract year. I don't believe that he wanted to be going into a contract here. So if you wonder if he maybe asked for an extension and they were like, well, maybe we'll wait and see how this goes. That's kind of the way college athletics goes these days. They don't necessarily let you have a lot of uh, sweat equity, so to speak. The other thing is that the AD that hired him, they've had two ADs since then. That's another factor. But I also think more than anything, and Coach Ray has talked about it, this on this show specifically Weber State was the best university, the best basketball program in the big sky at developing players. They took guys that were pretty good players like Davion Barry, Jeremy, Jeremy Sanglin, and, and even Damian Lillard. People forget, Damian Lillard was a two-star recruit coming out of high school. He was a good player, but not, not, you know, an all-NBA type guy. And they developed those guys at such a high level. They also developed so many big men that came in as projects and left as all-time greats, guys like Joel Ballenboy and Kyle Tresnick, those guys were awesome. Coach Ray, it's just like in the Matrix when he got the blue pill and the white pill. Which one are you going to eat? You got to make a decision. He decided that he was going to go away from what he had made his career on, whether it was as an assistant on Stu Morrill's staff at Colorado State and Utah State or as a head coach. And they went all in on the portal. And what did Weber State have happened the last couple of years? Well, I think they had one of, if not the most talented teams in the league. I think that they. I, I don't think I know that they started eight and one two years ago, and they started nine and one last year in league, and then they had it all fall apart, and they limped in the tournament, and they, uh, it, it didn't end how they maybe thought or hoped or maybe it should have given the talent. And I think so much of that has to do with the state of affairs of college basketball right now. So you have to wonder if maybe he just didn't want to do this anymore, especially at the spot he was at. I won't be surprised if this is not the end of the road for Andy Ray, but I'm also not surprised that this is the end of the road for him right now at Weber State.
1: Well, that's right, and I wonder if we're going to see more and more of that because a lot of these coaches who have made their programs through development and through recruiting and through continuity are going to see things change, and I know that this is a a topic that we put on the list for later in the show, but what about a, a program like the Idaho State Women? I mean, that's another one where... There's yeah. a, a long-term coach in Seton Soboleski who's really built his program around certain um, values and certain ways of, of recruiting and developing players and certain uh, avenues of recruiting players with the international players. He's had to change his entire way of doing things just in the last year. Yeah, He, he recruited his first ever D1 transfer last year, and this year they've got another couple guys, uh, another couple players on the team who are D1 transfers. It's just... It's a big change. And some of of these coaches, maybe you see the writing on the wall. And this comes all the way back around to the Montana
0: schools. Because Danny Sprinkle now is in his fourth season at Montana State. We're going to get into some of the ins and outs of their roster here in just a little bit. But Coach Sprinkle said, coming out of his first year, he said it right here on this show. He said, for better or worse, this is no longer about building programs. It's about building teams. Because it doesn't matter if you finish first or last. Half your team's going to leave every year. Montana State just won the league and half their team left. That's how it goes. It's just, it is what it is. So as Coach Sprinkle said, I'm not here to sit here and bemoan the state of affairs in the world. I'm just sitting here trying to win. So we're just going to figure it out. and just It is what it is. Let's move forward. We also saw this with Travis DeCure at Montana. Who had more success with transfers than anybody in the whole conference? Travis DeCure. I mean the best transfers. I i mean, Amad Roy is one of the best transfers in the history of the league. No question. I mean, he was an unbelievable player at Montana. But they also had a variety of other guys like Kendall Manuel and Donovan Dorsey, and they had a great run. Then they had a couple guys go awry, and they didn't like it. And then they tried to go the old school way, and it didn't work. And now they've come all the way back full circle to going some high school, some uh, D1 transfers, some non-D1 transfers. It's interesting to see, but it is sort of a moving target, and I do sort of feel for it. Last point on this is because there's so much money in the Power Five in men's basketball, sometimes stepping away from, resigning, and or just not getting renewed or getting fired can help you from a prestige and finance situation. I mean, look at look at just a couple years ago in the Big Sky Conference, the coaches that were there and now where they're at. Jack Murphy leaves NAU to take a, an assistant job at Arizona. Brian Fish gets fired at Montana State. He ends up at Georgia as like basically the handler for for Anthony Edwards. Uh, Don Verlin he, he matriculated somewhere after getting fired at Idaho. I can't remember, but a Power Five somewhere too. And so you can uh, Barrett Peary ends up at Texas Tech. Lee is Portland State. It says you know, and, and the fact of the matter is, director of player ops, director of player personnel like all of these different titles, analysts, whatever, you're still making way more money than you would as a Big Sky Conference head coach. So I do think there's a lot of factors. There's a lot of moving parts. That's all to say then, the bombshell of the weekend is the Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates. You couldn't control when you were in an accident, but if you've been injured because of someone else's negligent driving, you can control who you call for help. The Advocates will take over the details of your case, so all you need to do is rest and get better I, uh, I did a triple take when I saw this news on the Twitter timeline. One of the great mysteries of the Big Sky Conference over the last couple of years, and I don't think we'll ever know the real answer. I don't even think I really want to or care to know the real answer. Was the departure of Gina Markson from Idaho? Markson burst onto the scene at the University of Idaho as the freshman of the year in the Big Sky Conference in 2019, and and. To emphasize this point of how this is just unprecedented times in D1 basketball, and again, this is not better or worse, it just is what it is, but the 2019 Freshman of the Year, Gina Markson in women's basketball, Derek Derek Carter-Hollinger in men's basketball for the University of Montana, both will finish their careers at different schools. Derek Carter-Hollinger chooses Bethune-Cookman over the weekend. Gina Markson, though, who then not only was the Freshman of the Year, but then was a First-team All-League player as a sophomore the following year and a second-team All-League player as a junior the season after that. She did not play last year. She didn't play anywhere, not Idaho or elsewhere. Well, she'll play her final year for the Lady Grizz of the University of Montana. And this is splashy for a variety of reasons. But first and foremost, this young lady can really play. She is an outstanding player. This is this is. A completely different level of talent than we've seen transfer in the league. We've seen a lot of good players transfer in the Big Sky, men's and women's basketball. We haven't seen this. Most of the first-team all-league players in the Big Sky that have transferred have ended up at Oklahoma like Tanner Groves. Not at a rival Big Sky school. This isn't just any school either. This is Montana. Idaho and Montana are fierce rivals. So this is uh this is fascinating. Were you surprised by this? I mean, I think everybody was surprised by this.
1: Hard not to be surprised by this. You're absolutely right, Coulter. This is a legitimate top 10 player in the Big Sky Conference and she's proved that over her previous playing career and also she was just out of sight, out of mind. I think when, you know, everybody saw that she wasn't going to play the 2021-22 season, we just all sort of assumed that her career was over. And I was not expecting her to resurface, certainly at Montana, but I wasn't sure that I was expecting her to resurface anywhere. I mean, she also had some Power 5 offers this time around. Schools like Oregon State and NC State and Utah. I mean, in Oregon State's nothing
0: to sneeze at. I mean, that's a perennial Elite 8 team over the last handful of years, a team that's made the Final Four.
1: That's absolutely right. And that's the caliber of player that we're talking about. Yeah, it was shocking. And I think it's going to, man, there's going to be a lot of expectations for this Montana team this year. I think rightly. So let's talk about that. Newhouse is now ESPN radio, SWX
0: Montana television. Talking all things transfer portal, including the news of the weekend, Gina Markson, a three-time All-Big Sky selection, including a first-team All-League pick as a point guard, as a sophomore at the University of Idaho. She is now a Montana Lady Grizz, and uh, the Lady Grizz, they lose Sophia Stiles, Abby Anderson, Nia Morris-Nelson to graduation, but then they welcome back Sammy Facken. That was one of the pieces of news from a week ago, and then they get her uh, former high school rival. I actually think they might have played on the same club team, Sammy Facken and, and Gina Markson, but Facken's from Sammamish and Markson's from Snohomish, or maybe it's the other way around. Markson's from Sammamish, and Backen's from Snohomish, but those are both uh, pretty affluent suburbs of the Seattle area, and they were playing in that King County League, which is really, really competitive, great high school basketball, especially on the girls' side. But Markson and Backen both coming back and then pairing that with Carmen G. Feller, who has another year up her sleeve as well, you legitimately have three
1: players who could be first-team All-League players in this Big Sky Conference. I think that's a really great trio, Coulter, particularly offensively. I think that has the potential to be one of the more devastating offensive trios that we've seen in the league in a while. And I think this is the other reason why, I mean, you can say, okay, Gina Markson coming in, well, they're getting a top 10 player in the league. That's good in and of itself. But I happen to think that Gina Markson is a really, really great fit for this Montana Lady Grizz team just in terms of what she does on the court and how she replaces Sophia Stiles. She's a way better pure point guard, right? Here's the, it,
0: it, this, well, has been, this has been my opinion for a long time because I thought Sophia Stiles had the potential to be a great player. And I actually also, and I, I I said, I thought she was the most improved player on the Lady Grizz and their team MVP this last year. And she became the player I thought she, she should be towards the stretch run of her senior year. That said, I thought she was a little miscast because she's a combo guard, not a true point guard. And she played on the ball a lot because they really wanted to be the leader, they really wanted her to be the leader, but also they really needed her to guard the other side. They needed her to be on the ball defensively. Well, now they have a true point guard who is a, a true facilitator as well. I mean, Gina Markson, she gets her
1: thirteen points per game in the flow of the game, rather than attacking the basket and you know breaking people down off the dribble. That's exactly right, Coulter. Gina Markson is going to replace. She is as good as Sophia Styles at the things that were basically irreplaceable that Sophia Styles brought to the Lady Grizz last year. The, the things that Sophia Styles brought that the Lady Grizz absolutely had to have were, I thought, the ball handling and limiting turnovers. Sophia Styles led the league in assist to turnover ratio last year. Coulter, guess who led the league in that stat the three previous years? Gina Markson. Gina Markson, including once with a, a ratio of over three, which is very good. For sure. So she replaces that. I think she replaces Sophia Stiles as sort of the the hard-nosed point in the spear, the on-ball defender like you're talking about on defense. So I think those are the two things that you had to have if you were looking for a replacement for Sophia Stiles. Gina Markson brings those, and I think she's just a better fit. She's a a better shooter. Sophia Stiles, not a great three-point shooter. She was under 30% for her career. Well, Gina Markson made over 40% in her freshman year. She's probably a, a, you know— conservatively a 35% three-point shooter, I don't think she's as good a one-on-one scorer as Sophia Styles was in terms of getting to her spots, getting to the rim, she's getting not, to the she's pull She's not nearly as athletic as but, Sophia Styles. But guess what? Sammy Fackett and Carmen G. Feller are two right. of the best one-on-one scorers in the league, so you don't right. need that. For sure. I do, I do think from a basketball perspective, this
0: is a good fit. But as I always argue, basketball games are not one-on-paper and – Basketball teams cannot be built like NBA live, so I do think that this looks like a good fit. But I do have some questions, just because um, for better or worse, and again, we don't know the specific reasons why. But Sammy Fackett did walk away from basketball for a while. She ended up coming back. She was also very slow to come back from an injury a year ago, and I know that the that the people at the University of Montana were really wanting her to be back in the lineup, maybe a little sooner than she came back. And Gina Mark said, nobody really knows what happened to Idaho either. And again, we probably won't know. But I do think that from a basketball standpoint, this looks like a home run. But I think that there's a, a certain element of getting everybody to play together. And I think there's another element of raising the bar. The Lady Grizz expectations were championship or bust for close to 40 years. That took a huge hit during the down years under Shannon Schwein, Then Mike Petrino spent a season coaching for his job. That didn't end well. Brian Holsinger spent a season sort of preaching this this new identity, this new uh, way of doing things, this new way of recruiting, this new way of coaching, all this stuff. And that's all fine and Danny in year one. Well, now, with these three young ladies leading the way, it's championship bust again. That's where the program needs to be for sure, but can they handle the weight of those expectations? That is going to be the uh, biggest question mark when it comes to Montana women's basketball coming into this upcoming season. It is the Montana Basketball Hour presented by the Advocates. You know what? I'm having fun talking hoops, so we're going to keep talking hoops. Maybe we'll push back our Big Sky and NFL uh, conversation till later on in this show or maybe tomorrow. But I want to keep talking hoops, so the Montana Basketball Hour is presented by the Advocates. The Advocates provides no out-of-pocket expense until a settlement is recovered for you. No need to stress, the Advocates will answer your questions and guide you through every step of your case. Call 406-640-4444 or chat online 24-7 at MontanaAdvocates.com. The Advocates reminding you, no matter what situation you are in, you deserve an advocate. What's up with the transfer portal both in the state of Montana on the men's side and around the rest of the league? Well, I'll tell you this. The comings and goings, they're not exclusive to the Bobcats and Grizzlies. What is going on at Idaho State? What's going on with the men's basketball programs in the Treasure State? We'll tell you on the other side. The Montana Basketball Hour rolls on. It's new on now. ESPN Radio. The coaching carousel for Missoula High School Sports continued over the weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanez. Missoula Big Sky is in the market for two new basketball coaches. Tyler Hobbs, who led the Eagle girls to a much improved season last winter, will take over as the head girls basketball coach at Missoula Sentinel. Ryan Hansen, who led the Big Sky boys to a third place finish at the Class AA tournament last year, has also stepped down. Hobbs will take over at Sentinel for Sarah Pfeiffer, who spent one season in the role after replacing longtime head coach Karen Deedan. Hobbs led Big Sky to a 6-12 record last year, their best mark since 2016. Following a stretch, the Eagles won a total of seven games in five seasons. Hobbs was the fourth Big Sky coach in his many years and had taken over for the Eagles after being an assistant under Deden at Sentinel. At Missoula Hellgate, former Loyola Girls basketball coach Maddie Keast has been hired for the same role to replace co-head coaches Robin Brady-Henthorne, who led the Knights to back-to-back state runner-up finishes. And the Knights also have a new football coach, pinning Ryan Nelson to replace Mick Morris. And finally, at the Class B-C State Tennis Tournament in Bozeman over the weekend, Missoula Loyola repeated as team champions on the boys' and girls' side. Evelyn DeChance led the way, finishing her unbelievable career undefeated as the top singles player in the classification, winning three state championships along the way. This 102.9 ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Aspen Sound. There was one band. Well, there's a lot of bands, actually. If I could bring them back, I would. But this is this is up there. Kenny Wayne Shepherd band, man. It, they only had a couple hours, I a couple albums. I don't know why they were such a, a short-lived act. Because they so often the thing that makes you fall from grace is you become so famous that then it's like oversaturated. And but they never had that really. They were only, like, famous in the blues world, so I don't really know why they went away so hard, but wish they would come back. A little blues music for you here on your Monday. Hope you're having a great start to your week. It's Nuana's now ESPN Radio as well as SWX Montana Television carrying on on the Montana Basketball Hour. It's presented by the Advocates. You couldn't control when you were in an accident, but if you've been injured because of someone else's negligent driving, you can control who you call for help. The advocates will take over the details of your case, so all you need to do is rest and get better. We talked about the news of the weekend. Gina Markson, former All-League point guard from the University of Idaho, chooses the Montana Lady Grizz. We're going to stick on the women's side of the Big Sky Conference before we get into some of the men's coming and goings, particularly when it comes to the Montana schools, but uh, Montana... Probably the two biggest additions in the league with landing Markson, who's unquestionably the biggest addition in the league and, and probably the best. Well, not probably, I'd say certainly the best intra conference transfer, the best transfer within the conference, men's or women's basketball that we've seen during this new era of the transfer portal. But also I'd argue probably that one of the other great additions of the off was just getting an extra year of eligibility for Sammy Facken. Cause I do think that when she's at her best, she can be one of the best players in the big sky conference. So those will really bolster the ranks at Montana. On the other side of the coin, first of all, we've seen hardly any movement at Montana State, and so I expect the Big Sky Tournament champion Bobcats to basically just run it back next year. They graduate Ashley Van Sickle and Gabby Maki, a couple role players there for the Bobcats, but uh, everybody else is is back. So I expect Montana State to be back in full force. Idaho... uh, has had a good offseason recruiting, particularly in the prep ranks. They've got a couple really high-level players out of California, but then the other primary contender over these last handful of years, and for the last couple of years, the best team in the Big Sky Conference, the Idaho State women, they look nothing like what they did during their run to consecutive regular season Big Sky championships. Everybody's gone. We've told you, I mean, you already knew about the graduation of players like Ellie Smith and uh, Estefania Orrs. We also told you about Montana Otroge transferring to Northern Arizona. That one, not that much of a surprise because she is from uh, the Phoenix area. We talked about Diaba Kanate, the outstanding point guard who d- was not out of eligibility. She could have come back. Dora Golis choosing not to use any more eligibility. She now joins the um, the Idaho State coaching staff. And then the latest, Tamika Whitman, who had a bunch of interest from power fives, especially on the West Coast, especially Pac twelve schools, and instead she ends up at Southern Utah. And so now here Seton Zoboleski is and I believe it's been reported too that his head assistant left as well,
1: right? Yep, Ryan Johnson, no longer there. Who's been there forever, right? I mean, he's been there for like a decade plus, right? That's absolutely right. And he's the guy who, uh, you know, was sort of the international connection. I mean, Seton had a bunch of connections overseas, too. But Ryan was the guy who was really recruiting a lot of those international players there.
0: So, that's all to say that Seton Zaleski's kind of sitting there in Pocatello like, well, where'd all the familiar faces go? I guess Delaney Moore, who's a great player on their championship team two years ago, is on his staff. Dora Golis... Also on the staff... Kelly are, Bourne. Cal,
1: is Kelly Bourne sticking around as well? Sure, she, she Kelly still... Born has another year of eligibility, and I haven't oh, heard man. about her being in the, the it portal. It is
0: so hard to track these eligibilities. I feel like I've been watching Kelly Bourne for, like, all of my life. <laughs> She's just been in Idaho State forever. So she she does have a year left. Okay, so Kelly Bourne, the one familiar face left. Um, But I guess that's to say that I think that there's a lot of scuttle among fan bases about all the issues within a program. Like you see Montana, for example, the Montana men's basketball team, go 500 in in league play cumulatively over the last two seasons. And that's a, a completely anomalous finish compared to where the Grizz almost always are over the last four decades, really. The Grizz are never a 500 team. They're always better than that. And so people are thinking, well, what's wrong with the program? What's going on in the program? And then a bunch of guys leave and they're like, oh, well, the program must have been toxic, yada, yada, yada. But then you realize that even championship teams, even teams that, I mean, what did Idaho State go over the last two years? They probably won 30 league games over the last two years, right? They were 14 and four last year, I know, or 14 and six? No, 15 and five last year.
1: And then what did they go two years ago? Well, that was the COVID year, but they only had two league losses that year. They didn't play a full league schedule, but they were something like sixteen and two or oh, fifteen uh, and two. Okay,
0: so so there you go. I mean, let's. I mean, regardless, they won back to back outright league championships. So, I guess that's all to say that this is endemic everywhere. It's happening all over the place. It doesn't matter if you're a championship team or not a championship team. Your roster is just gonna roll over. So, last thing on this before we transition to some men's hoops. Uh, what's next then for Idaho State? Like, what do they need to do? Or I guess is it just uh, start from scratch? That's one thing that you will say about Seton Soboleski. Having been there for now, I think he's going into his fifteenth season at Idaho State. He's had great groups of players that have then graduated, and then he's he's built up. I mean, this was this group was the group that came after, like the Grace Kenyon and and. Um, Sailor Grandin group that was really good as well. So he has done it before, so I guess
1: he'll just do it again? I mean, where are we at with the Hill State women? I think that the talent level is not going to be there. They're going to have to rely a lot on development, and they're going to have to get some of these girls. I mean, they're bringing in girls from everywhere. Freshmen coming in, they're bringing in a couple transfers. They need a couple of those girls to pop. I think this is where Seton's really comfortable with it, you know? I don't think they're not going to be talked about as a as a conference title contender coming sure. into the year. yeah. But he does still have that cornerstone in Cali Bourne, and, you know, Cali Bourne is one of the most... When we're talking about the stereotype of an Idaho State player, I mean, Cali Bourne is just super tough, Yep, not afraid to be physical, not afraid to work on defense, loves working on defense, in fact. And if she can sort of, you know, as the leader... And, and Seton as the coach can imprint that sort of identity on on this entirely new roster, you know, I think I think Seton's going to enjoy that a lot, and I think they could be a really tough out, even though they, I don't think they're going to have the talent uh, of, of a lot of the teams at the top of the conference. That's
0: the funniest part, is they made it to the championship game as the one seed once, <laughs> and they made it to the championship game as the seven, eight, or nine seed, I believe, twice or maybe even three times. So uh, their style translates as well as any style in the league by the time March rolls around.
1: And it becomes a lot easier to get people to buy into that style when you're the underdog. True. Absolutely. is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, Montana Basketball. All right, let's
0: look at some comings and goings for the uh, men's basketball programs in the state of Montana. The merry-go-round keeps on rolling at Montana. This is going to be a largely new-look Montana team. They bring back sort of the core four of Josh Bannon, who's a second-team all-league player as a sophomore, Brandon Whitney, one of the better defensive players in the league as a sophomore, Mac Anderson, who'll be a super senior and a good energy, rim-to-rim type guy, and Lonel Martin, who really showed flashes down the stretch, After transferring from a junior college, it's a good place to start. They lose Robbie Beasley, who ends up at UC Davis, Kyle Owens, who ends up at UC Riverside, Jonathan Bragg, who leaves the program and it's to be determined where he ends up, Cam Parker, as a graduate transfer, will join Portland State, Derek Carter Hollinger will join Bethune Cookman, Scott Blakely, he just graduates. It's it's crazy that it's a rare day and age when a guy just graduates instead of just like going somewhere else or playing a, an extra super-duper senior year or whatever. And then Jack Wetzel, Freddie Brown, a couple walk-ons, no longer with the program. But the Grizz ad after this weekend, it becomes official. A.J. Moody, who was a great three-point shooter at Southern Utah last year, he joins the Grizzlies, so he's not leaving the Big Sky, even though the Thunderbirds are. Jonathan Brown, who was a great player at... Central Methodist, a school I had not heard of until Andrew reported that Jonathan Brown's addition to Montana on Twitter. Uh, Central Methodist is an NAIA school. So those are the two latest, and th- that joins the group of Deshaun and Darrell Thomas, a pair of brothers. Deshaun Thomas, a Colorado State transfer. Darrell Thomas, a high school player. Uh, then they also added Division II transfer, Laulu Okey. They also add. High school incoming freshmen, Rhett Reynolds from Shelby, Caden Bateman of Missoula Big Sky, Jackson Knapp from Renton, Washington, and Isaiah Kerr uh, from Southern California. So I guess I have uh, two questions for you, Andrew. One, did anybody that left the Grizzlies actually upgrade? (laughs) And that's hard to say because it does come down to situation combined with actual program prestige. I think the answer is blankly no when it comes to program prestige. But maybe a new start could be good for some of those guys. But also, did the Grizzlies upgrade or not? I guess that remains to be seen as well. we got to see how these guys come together. But
1: it's a full overhaul at Montana. Nine new faces on the Grizz roster from a year ago. Yeah, it'll be interesting to watch. I'm not sure if any of the players going out upgraded. I think maybe... um Cam Parker going to Portland State could get a lot of opportunity there, and that seems like a fun system to play in. But I don't think that the Vikings are going to be better than the Grizz this year, even given what they showed at the conference tournament last year. As far as the talent level coming into Montana, I'm not, I'm not so sure that in terms of pure talent there's a lot of upgrades there. But I think, as we talked about with the Lady Grizz with Gina Markson, I think you have the pieces starting to fit together a little bit better, yep. and I think you're you're going to start to see some roles be a little bit more clearly defined. And I yep. think, in in terms of that, they you know you could call it an upgrade for these transfers coming in. It remains to be seen what the
0: level of talent is that these transfers have. I, I will say this, and it might sound harsh, but I believe it to be true. I think that Montana's level of talent has severely downgraded over the last several years. And I think that the coaches would not say that on the record, but they're saying it on the record by overturning the roster like this. I mean, again, like I keep on ranting about, I think that the broad perspective from the average fan is that all these guys are just leaving because the grass is always greener. I think a lot of these guys were told, Not necessarily that they're out, but that they were going to have somebody come in at their position that they're going to have to compete with. And then these guys made themselves be out and go look for uh, a different fit. There's all sorts of different reasons why guys transfer. But all I'm saying is we can sit here and talk until we're blue in the face about the pace of play, the style of play, the way that Travis DeCure runs his rotations the pandemic, we can talk about all these details. It doesn't matter. If you've got the best players, you're going to have a really good chance to win. And the only really, re- the only real way that having the best talent doesn't equate having uh, a trip to the Big Sky Tournament championship game and or a trip to the NCAA Tournament is if you have egregious and horrendous chemistry issues. I think that the biggest Achilles heel of Montana men's basketball over the last couple of years is their talent. That's it. They had guys like Ahmad Murray and Michael Logina and Pridget. Now they don't. That's it. It's so simple to me. Like the Bobcats, they you know Danny Springer comes on this show once a week. He talks about culture and toughness and caring for his guys and getting them to get along, all that stuff. Make no mistake. Montana they had four of the 10 best players in the league last year. That's
1: why they won the league. That's what you got to have to win the league. Well, so the question for you, Coulter, is are any of these guys coming in hitting that level? I don't think any of them are. Well, see, here's the thing, though,
0: is... Montana had a talent issue the last two years, but they also had a roster issue the last two years. That's what I'm saying. They had seven guards that all were the same. Like I think that Brandon Whitney becomes a better player the day he doesn't play next to Robbie Beasley. It has nothing to do with anything besides that they're very similar players. More minutes for Whitney with the ball in his hands. More minutes for Whitney guarding the other team's best player is better for the Grizz. Josh Bannon gets better without Robbie Beasley. Not because of Robbie Beasley's chemistry or anything like that. Robbie Beasley's shooting is not as good of a situation as Josh Bannon's shooting for the Grizzlies. So give Josh Bannon the ball. Like that's, it's just like what people always ask what are the 76ers? What should they do? What I think the 76ers should do is get rid of everybody and let Joel Embiid score 36 points per game. That's what I think they should do. What should the Grizzlies do? They should have Josh Bannon lead the league in scoring. That's what they should do. They should hitch their wagon to the guy. Who's probably a future pro, and that's why I think that when you look at these, did they upgrade the talent? I'm not sure, but Deshaun Thomas
1: is a, a big stretch forward who can shoot. Yep, they didn't have any shooters last year besides Lonel Martin, really. And and he's a big body, so he helps banging on the boards. Exactly. Uh, Okie, the the Division II transfer. I
0: have no idea what production he's going to get. Besides, I think that the most translatable statistic in basketball, no matter if you're talking from high school to college. Division two to Division one, college to the NBA is rebounding. If you average 12 rebounds per game, it does not matter what level you average it at. You are a natural rebounder, and I think that that translates very well. And that's what they need. They haven't had a dirty work guy. Mac Anderson's a great energy guy who can like play the high pick and roll and get you some putback dunks. He's not a dog on the glass. They haven't had a dog on the glass in years. And so that's, uh, you know, so maybe they're fitting
1: into roles more and trying to empower the guys that are already on their roster. That's what I'm saying. For me, and this is something, again, that I'm not sure the coaches would say on the record, but this is, a you know, looking at the way that they've changed this roster this offseason, to me it's a big vote of confidence in Josh Bannon being exactly. able to be that centerpiece because you look at the guys that they have brought in, these are complementary pieces to him, like you mentioned uh, with Deshaun Thomas. Big stretch four. Lolu, okay, a guy who can help him bang on the boards. Maybe that opens up the offense for him. A.J. Moody, pure shooter. That's what you need around. A.J. Moody is not as good a player as Robbie Beasley. No, he's not, but... They, but, but he fits the role. <laughs> they had too many of the same player. Like, they used to play that lineup last year
0: where Cam Parker, Robbie Beasley, and Brandon Whitney are all in the game. Okay, that's fine, because they're all individually fine players. They're, they're all individually good players. But Cam Parker... So when Brandon Whitney's got the ball, Cam Parkers is standing over here doing nothing, and he has no role whatsoever and on the And nobody's guarding him because he can't <laughs> shoot three. he can't three. shoot. Right. When Robbie Beasley's got the ball, that's right. He can take you off the dribble, hit the nice little 17-footer, maybe even get in the lane, whatever. What are the other guys doing when he's doing that? Nothing. It, it's uh, they, they just had too many similar type guys. Maybe now they can have guys that can fill different roles, and I think that that's what they need. Nguan is now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Gosh, we're having so much fun talking basketball, we're just going to keep doing it. So we'll roll some NFL and Big Sky talk and some prep, track, and field into hour number two. We're going to keep on talking about exactly what we're talking about. We're going to shift over to the league champions in the Big Sky Conference, the Montana State Bobcats. The Montana Basketball Hour, presented by the Advocates, rolls on. Keep it right here Nuana New Now, ESPN Radio.
1: One, two, three! One is now on ESPN Radio. Sometimes I feel so tired.
0: Man, speaking of bands, I wish I could just resurrect so I could see them in concert. I don't know, though. I might just melt if I saw Led Zeppelin Live. Welcome back. Nuwana's Now. ESPN Radio. Happy Monday. Hope you're having a phenomenal start to your week. Concert season. Speaking of concerts, starts tomorrow. Kettle House Amphitheater. The opening of the amp season. One of the best parts of living in the city of Missoula. 311. How about that? once upon a time I saved up all my pesos when I was like 12 or 13 years old and uh, got a 311 ticket to the Adam Center when they were coming here with sugar Ray. This is like in the late 1990s. height of their powers and uh, my my dad told me that I could only go to the show if I found my own ride to and from. We lived up Grant Creek so it's hard to give get a, a ride you know basically all the way to Snowbowl. Uh, late night when you're 12. (laughs) So he told us we could walk. We couldn't figure out a way to do it. So we had to sell our tickets. So this is redemption for me. Some almost 25 years later, I'm going to see 311 at the Kettle House Amphitheater tomorrow night. Maybe you'll be there too if you are. And I see you. Come say hi. Montana Basketball Hour continues. You couldn't control when you were in an accident, but if you've been injured because of someone else's negligent driving, you can control who you call for help. The advocates will take over the details of your case, so all you need to do is rest and get better. We were supposed to talk basketball, football, and track, but we've just been talking basketball because there's so much conversation to be had about all of the different elements of the NCAA transfer portal. I hope that our conversations... This is a stated off-air goal by myself, Andrew, and everybody else that contributes to this commentary, but I hope that our... Commentary about this phenomenon is unique and different and less um, exhausting and more nuanced than what everybody else out there is doing because we're really trying. I really think that there's so much that goes into this. It's not the get off my lawn crew where all oh, these kids just don't have any commitment, or it's not the free agency is ruining college sports. There's so much that goes into it, and I think that everybody is complicit in it. Everybody is participating in it. It's not just the players. It's not just the coaches. It's everybody. So we're trying to look at this thing as not a good or bad thing, but just a th- a phenomenon that exists, period. And we're going to talk about all the ins and outs of it. Speaking of more transfer portal stuff, Montana State, the Big Sky Conference men's basketball champions this previous year, both regular season and tournament, they've had a pretty significant roster overhaul. Out from Cal Poly, Isaac Spears, a highly recruited guard who ended up at, see, out from Montana State, excuse me. Isaac Spears lands at Cal Poly. Jasper Rinalda, who's the tallest person I might have ever seen besides Artis Gilmore. Seven foot three. He ends up at South Dakota School of Mines. He has to be one of the tallest players in RMAC history. Has to be. I would bet the house that he is the tallest. Has to be. Borja Fernandez, who was a a good player his freshman year at Montana State and then fell behind some talented guys last year. He has, to be determined, not landed anywhere. Maring Gatkuth, who was a a highly recruited guard as well, he has not landed anywhere yet. And then Kellen Tynes, talented backup point guard for the Bobcats, who ended up at Maine. So that's who's out from MSU. Tynes, the only real big impact player, the only guy that really played that much. They also then graduated Xavier Bishop, Amin Adamu, and Abdul Muhammad, three of the better players in the league. In to the defending Big Sky champion, Bobcats, Robert Ford, a combo guard who played at Idaho State the last couple years. Darius Brown, a guy that was a All-Big West selection at Cal State Northridge two years ago and then had last year end for him with an injury. Caleb Fuller, transfers from UC Davis to Montana State, and then Jed Miller, who comes to Montana State from the Southern California Academy, which is a prep school. So, this seems a little bit more linear because Tynes was the only guy that really even played for the Bobcats that left, and they bring in several transfers who are proven at the Division I level. Now, can they fit in? Can the chemistry work? I don't know, but just from a pure transactional standpoint, seems like Montana State, I'm not going to say they upgraded because they do lose those three outstanding players to graduation. But if you're just talking about the guys that were underclassmen that left and the guys that are coming in, they got older and they got better, I think. And uh, so I guess the question here is, though, how much and also how much of this was part of the plan because they didn't bring in any r- real true freshmen. So uh, Andrew Houghton, our producer, joining us. What do you think of this? I mean, sort of sign of the times and atypical all at the same time that they didn't sign any real freshmen to this uh,
1: upcoming Bobcat squad. Yeah, you got to wonder if that's just going to be the way that business is done now. Or, you know, I think you'll see a lot of schools, depending on where they are in the cycle, start doing this more. I mean, when you're down, you want to be developing kids. You want to bring in kids who are true freshmen, but there's no reason for Montana State to do that. I mean, they won the Big Sky Tournament last year. They're in a good position to contend again this year. I mean, we talk about this with with football sometimes, you know, when Bobby Houck's talking about bringing in transfers. He needs them to compete, and he needs them to fill holes right away. Well, if you're a contending basketball team, that's what you need. So I'm not too surprised. You know, I'm a little bit surprised they didn't bring in a kid or two from out of high school just to – because there's no reason you can't do both. There's no reason you can't be developing kids on the side. In fact, developing kids – in a winning program is the way you want to do it. You want these kids to be redshirting and, and sitting on the bench and learning from you know your your seniors and your transfers when you're winning if you're trying to bring them along. But that's sort of neither here nor there. As far as uh, you know, the quality of players they brought in, I think it's a little bit more difficult for them than for Montana because while they didn't lose anybody all that impactful to the portal, they did graduate a bunch of talent. Sure. So yeah. they yep. need, in a way that Montana doesn't, I think they need a couple of those guys that they're bringing in to, to hit and really be top 10 or 15 guys in the league. But it's sort of a similar dynamic to the Grizz, though, right? Well, you
0: made a great point when you said it shows how much faith the coaching staff from Montana has in Josh Bannon. building it around him. I think that's the exact same scenario here with the Bobcats, but it shows you how much faith they have in Jabril Bellow and Raquan Battle, but mostly Bellow, the defending big sky MVP. They just needed, I actually think Bellow's numbers have a chance to have a huge spike because he was really dominant, but he also was not like a high-volume guy. He only averaged 13.5 points per game last year, but why was that? Because Xavier Bishop scoring 14 a game. Amin Adamu's scoring 14 a game. Raquan Battle's getting you, you know, 10, 11, 12 a game off the bench. So there was a lot of different scoring options. Darius Brown's more of a point guard, less of an ISO scorer like Xavier Bishop, so he's just going to give the ball to Jabril Bello. So I think it's sort of a similar dynamic.
1: That's right, where I would sort of you know, be a stickler about it, is that these two teams, they're not in the same spot on the curve, right? Like, Montana sure. is trying to break back into that top level of contenders in the Big Sky Conference. Montana State's already there. Montana State has bigger goals. Can they goals. stay there, though? That's the question. Well, that's right, the, but the those, have, that's two the Gris... different questions from what Montana's dealing with.
0: That's true, but the Grizz have perennially been there for most of the last 40 years, where the Bobcats have perennially not been there for the last 40 years, so can they, I guess... The biggest question for Mo- – we'll put a bow on the Montana Football Hour like this. It's presented by the Advocates. No out-of-pocket expenses until a settlement is recovered for you. No need to stress. The Advocates will answer your questions and guide you through every step of your case. Call 406 640 today or chat online 24-7 at MontanaAdvocates.com. I think that we'll uh, put a bow on it like this then. I think that the, the biggest uh, narrative around the Grizz basketball program is how do they return to the ranks of the Big Sky Elite? And will this massive roster overturn get them there? And the biggest narrative coming uh, around the Montana State program is how do they stay among the big sky elite? And uh, it'll be interesting to see how all of this, this, um, all the overturn of this offseason impacts both squads. Anything left to add before we get out of here? All right. Let's go into hour number two then. All sorts of track and field, all sorts of state softball and some NBA. We'll also talk. NCAA West Regional Track. Keep it right here. Nuwana's Now, ESPN Radio. The Advocates can help you if you've been injured in an automobile, motorcycle, pedestrian, or even a dog bite accident. For additional information on other types of cases that the Advocates handle, you can always visit MontanaAdvocates.com. You can chat with an experienced attorney with no upfront out-of-pocket expense. Visit online or call 406-640-640. Four 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 444 today or you can visit MontanaAdvocates.com. And remember, you deserve an advocate. It's finally starting to feel like winter around here, and if you need some nice winter gear, how about the fine folks at Sitka? They make awesome winter clothes, and they sell custom Bobcat Sitka gear at the MSU Bookstore. You can shop online anytime at msubookstore.org, or, of course, you can check out the MSU Bookstore